Welcome to Soul the Scene. <laughs> Episode 14. And I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and today I'm joined by Gary Riley. Give me a second now to get this right. Stravs Duete. <laughs> that's, that's hello in Ukrainian. And Ross Allen. I'm not even going to attempt that there, but hello. He's doing hello in Yurish. Um, in this show, we catch up on the changed world since we uh, last recorded. Uh, hopefully the changed world is actually a fully stuffed events calendar, which um, I'm just looking down. So we've a, we've a track day and on Sunday at Kirkuston. Let's Dancer having a Cars and Coffee at the end of March to more uh, charity static show uh, and then the big one uh, which is uh, Dubshed on the 2nd of 3rd of April doing a special show on Dubshed with Gethin and Nigel the guys from GTI NI and we'll be recording that later on this week so keep an eye out for that in a, in a separate show to find all about the Dubshed show and behind the scenes and what those guys have had to put up with when in with COVID it's just been been mental but there's lots of good things um, coming because we need some good news uh, the price of fuel oh my god <laughs> absolutely horrendous so we get to that because I think this whole thing in Ukraine is going to have a significant effect on uh, everything on, unfortunately um, more mundane matters I've just taken the GT4 off Soren, and about two days later, I got COVID myself. This was an absolute disaster. It's an impeccable timing. My timing was t- so I didn't get it. it didn't get to turn uh, a wheel. I was just completely off my feet. But any of you tried to book an MOT at the moment? That is horrendous. I did one. Uh, trying to think now, mid January, and there was like a two month wait. So I just did the usual thing. I booked it for two months ahead, and then checked daily for cancellations, and got one pretty quickly. So see, see the check daily thing. I, mm. I get that check all the time. Have you been on the site? The, the, the site can't handle the traffic, and they put you some some stupid queue. It's it's the, the but, whole time ticking down thing uh, with like twenty thousand people in the queue in front of you. It's nuts. But it's better than it used to be. At least now it gives you all the different locations. You can go yeah. to pretty quickly. Whereas before. You had to go into a queue for Belfast and then find out it's full and then go back out and go into a queue for Lisbon. Terrible. Yeah, so terrible. It's, it's slightly improved. It could be a lot better still. Yeah, but like the whole system should be like, you should nearly even have a waiting list and you just say, right, I want, uh, if something comes up in Lauren in March. <laughs> <laughs> I still wouldn't take it. <laughs> March, March 2025. Do you if, ever get the impression, though, that they're trying to line it up almost as if the privatisation over in mainland... I know that there's been the whole talk about it, but something has to give at some stage because they can't keep going on. You know, the, the amount of scrappers that are on the road that shouldn't be on the road. Yeah. It's, it's not right, so it's not. Um, of course, they've got huge waiting lists. There's lots and lots of cars. But what is the solution? You know, is it a temporary privatisation? Do they let garages do it? Well, in theory, I think we would have less scrappers than the likes of England because you would think of privatisation and... You know, guys throwing uh, cash at their mates to give them an MOT. Mm-hmm. You would find more of it over there than you would here. But then, as you say, you know, you, you have witnessed as a result, and, so. and cars driving on the road that that are getting their exemptions and been allowed to continue on. Yeah, that shouldn't be on the road. Yeah, and of course, it's supposed to have been battling since they uh, they had all the lift the lift issues mm-hmm. back. Was it just before COVID? Just pre COVID, they yeah, had to pull all the lifts out. It was an absolute uh, nightmare. So no, it's I, I need a big. It's not the GT4's MOT is due, I think, in 
April, so it's not a big deal. I mean, sort of, a, I've got I've got time, but I don't have to book now to book something in flipping August and then be back in the bloody queue system every single day trying to get a. Well, mm-hmm. well, here, tell yeah. me, what hurt you more? Was it catching COVID or was it paying for an extra month on that? <laughs> After taking the sore off, having to pay no, for it? No, Andy, it's paying for anything. <laughs> 57 quid on the direct debit. Absolutely uh, brutal. But I did, I, I, like, I got on in it yesterday. It was the first time I had it out since the end of November. And, oh, on the credit card? <laughs> <laughs> Took the visa out for a run <laughs> on the back credit nineteen. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that has been my uh, excitement with uh, COVID has just completely balls up all my plans. So I was supposed to get uh, another electric car for review, and that didn't happen between the bad the bad weather. That as was well. the BMW, wasn't the i four? I four M fifty. I was actually looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah, I'm yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm looking I'm looking forward to getting it, but I need to get. Um, I'm out there tomorrow. All right, that's, mm. uh, that's right. Um, my, Double birdie told me that actually. My X five is going in for uh, was due in for service, but uh, one of the headlights has started like messing up, which has never happened before. I contacted them about it, and obviously because it's still on a warranty, that's why it's going back down to them. And uh, I managed to wangle the i four M fifty out for a few hours. Well, it'll be interesting to see what you. Uh, I'm really think looking forward that. to it. Pete's already asked me to come round to um, not race him in his Tesla. Um, I've been watching all the, the, the car wow videos out there, the M50 mm-hmm. versus M3s and everything else. They're a really interesting car, and especially, you know, obviously we're going to talk about fuel prices and that later on, but electric is becoming more and more appealing, especially if things keep going the way that, they're, that they are going. The, the way the, pr- the price of fuel has shot through the roof, uh, the whole uh, costing compared to electric has just totally changed, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's suddenly going to be electric's 10, 15, 20%. Yeah. Better, yeah, on your back pocket. This, this chasm's kind of growing between them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was talking to one of the other RMS members during the week there, and obviously his work has changed slightly. Um, he's been relocated, and he had worked out at one point fifty a liter. He was spending six and a half grand a year in diesel, travelling to and from work. And no matter what way you look at it, like that's that's fierce money to be spending travelling to and from work. Mm-hmm. And if that six and a half gram can be offset in an electric car, that I think um, was there something on the forum the other day about people somebody had worked out that the costing to charge a car up just using a, sto- a standard three pin plug if you needed to from home was still going to be something like thirteen pound from empty. Yeah. If you go through two fills a week, yeah. you know, twenty six quid. Oh, I see. Versus fortune. what you're spending days at the moment. So it's a no brainer, really. You know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, look. Um, Things aren't going to get be great for uh, anyone running a car for the next the next wee while. Uh, separately, in my convalescence during COVID, I was watching a lot of a lot of TV, and I was watching Top Gear America. So that is Dax Shepard and uh, Rob Kudry and uh, Jethro Bovington. What was Rob Kudry in apart from? He's in Hot Tub Time Machine, I think. Yes. I know him from it. That's all I, I know. I haven't seen him in anything else. F- fantastic film, though, yeah. Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, that's, that, that's all you know. That, that's a that's a career defining uh, moment. <laughs> it's one of those stories. You think how the hell did they come up with it? <laughs> and a bit of Chevy Chase in there is the mad the mad sound. It's hard to beat. Uh, so yeah, Bovington, like uh, Gary, you and I are big uh, Evo fans, and he's yeah, he still does bits for them. Actually, I, um, the last Evo issue I read there had the Evo Car of the Year, and then I think he was in America filming Top Gear and flew back. 
on the Sunday night before they they normally go away for a week yeah. or something, you know, to Scotland or somewhere got there for all the cars. So I think he flew back on the Sunday night. So a lot of the the article was kind of slagging him away. Ah, you know, he, the he graced us with his presence. Yeah, 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 but he's brilliant. He's brilliant on. And he's a big celebrity, you know, on Top Gear America for, yeah. for in the same way Chris Harris is, I think, brilliant um, on the yeah. UK Top Gear. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how the the US Top Gear. I think it's been through four or five different iterations. I don't know if it, it ever sticks. It doesn't seem to gel with the audiences no. over there. But anyway, I was wa- so I was watching it on three or four episodes in. They were doing. Uh, they flew to Colorado in the winter, and uh, so loads of snow ski resorts and all the rest. And they're all flying about in uh, over horsepower SUVs. So like, think uh, I think the Lambo Urus, Urus, uh, Porsche Cayenne Turbo. Uh, Ford, they were talking about the Ford Explorer saying the Ford Explorer was the best first SUV to come out in the 90s and all the rest but Bovington, Bovington then appears in this thing have you heard of the Sharp Arc? I have yes um, haven't read a lot about it in detail but I, I, we were talking about this earlier I definitely have seen it in a movie of we'll some post, sort we'll post it in the show notes so, yeah. so if you're listening to what the, what the hell is a Sharp Arc so imagine like a, it looks like a porta cabin on monster trunk wheels is all I <laughs> Wow. Can describe with another port articulated porta cabin behind it. It's Ken it, it looks like a post apocalyptic kind of uh, totally vehicle it, that you drive yeah. around in it's after like Russia's a finished. Unimog, towing a Unimog, yeah. jacked up with steroids. Yeah, it's it's absolutely um, mental. Look at ten wheel drive. It can inflate and deflate uh, all its wheels. It has enough range that it can run for fifteen days straight and like a two hundred and forty liter fuel tank. Universal it, soldier in the back of it. I totally. It's it's yeah. just one of those things. It, it it looks like something out of a like a early nineties sci fi um, movie. Each wheel center can hold sixty liters. And so, uh, Bovington was doing this review for Top Gear America on, on one of these things on the sale. Post a picture in the show notes. So you know what the hell we're talking about. Um, but uh, of course, this was filmed during the pandemic. But the the Sharp Arc is built in the Ukraine. And I was watching this, and then I was just like, "Oh my god!" You know, and um, you know, where is this company now, and what are they doing or not doing, or you know, is for for a show that was only filmed and released so recently? I'm like, oh, the world has just changed changed so much. But this thing, they're over a quarter of a million quid. Uh, it can only do about twenty miles an hour, but it can like drive through, uh, as I have in my picture here, a frozen lake. And if it if it breaks through the frozen lake, it's fine because it can float and just drive on drive on through. But um, yeah, the thing in Ukraine, it just yeah, oh my god, it's it's, it's you can, there's no getting away from it. Like the effect no. it's had on on us already. I was talking earlier on to you guys about just bought some home heating oil. We've posted on social media there some of the and there was a thread in RMS about the, the, some of the crazy prices of fuel. I'll say one seventy a liter now. It'll maybe be worse. But it, it's gone over two pound a liter. There's no doubt about it. it it's. It's frightening, it's worrying, you know, for homeowners, for, you know, car owners, for people who are trying to get on with things. It, it's shit. It really, truly is. People who are talking as well, it's like, there's always people asking about, well, when, when is COVID going to... Uh, so we had Brexit. Brexit's going to bring down car prices. No, no, the flipping a price of a 1985 Mini Metro has gone through <laughs> the roof. And Coog's just lining it, you know. <laughs> Flying, um, or uh, right, we've got COVID. COVID will knock the classic car market in the head. No chance. Uh, even though the price of fuel has gone up, I don't know because uh, we're cutting off Russia. So then I was reading about this as well. I think it was an auto car or something like that. They were saying that uh, Russia's a huge raw material supplier. So, like um, battery components, um, 
there's a huge mining industry. Yeah, in it's it's not it's not lithium. It's something to do in the um, uh, in other parts of the battery, uh, palladium, which is used in cats catalytic converters. Um, Where's lions? <laughs> exactly. Uh, wiring harnesses made in are made in Ukraine. Um, then even other companies that have interests. In Russia, for example, I didn't know this until the things you find out now the whole world's connected. So Renault own Lada. Wow. So didn't I had no idea. That explains a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, although I don't know if they're partially state owned or how it works, but um, yeah, so just we're going to feel the effects, uh, and uh, all the manufacturers going to feel the effects because their supply chains mm. have been disrupted and all the rest. So we can't see the, the fuels. Definitely the immediate effect that we're feeling from the Ukraine crisis, and yeah. you know the rest of them will probably be long term. But just when you mentioned the fuel there, you know the um, we're looking at the the figures from a year ago, and it was like one pound twenty five on average for petrol, one twenty seven for diesel. And now it's up to one point eighty and one point eighty two respectively. So the cost of filling up a typical family car with fifty five liter um, tank has gone up seventeen pound in a year, which and is that, insane. And that's per fill, so that's yeah. seventeen yeah. twenty pound. Oh well, yeah, week. You multiply it by week by month. You know, it's a lot of money. People are paying, and then you've your your home heating oil on top of it and everything else. Uh, and UK has now announced this phased in ban of Russian oil and refined fuels, which will run through twenty twenty two. So. You know, there, well. there are other exporters. I think twenty um, percent of our fuel or something like that comes from Russia, but twenty mm-hmm. percent still a lot for the entire UK. It's yeah, a chunk of it. Twenty percent is a lot. And and where are we going to make up this difference? This twenty percent difference because there's not going to be less cars on the road. There's not going to be less need for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, what's worse, uh, OPEC, so the oil producing countries, have have said, "Oh no, we're we're making enough uh, fuel as it is." Yeah. You know, they don't want us supposed to be seen to be taking a political slant. But uh, the, the the pact outside Russia need more fuel yeah. from other sources, and those those sources have to produce more fuel, or uh, the prices will rise. And twenty percent is also conservative because uh, I know that the in Netherlands, I think they they buy their fuel from Russia and then resell it to us. So in reality, if you cut off Russia, it could be a larger figure. Mm-hmm. You know, but then what's the solutions? Um, the fuel prices are going up. What what do you do? Like the government could reduce the VAT. Which is twenty percent? You know that would take a f- chunk off it, but then they're going to lose a lot of income, and they probably wouldn't yeah, want well, to well, do that. Well, f- what's fuel duty seventy five p a liter or something? Yeah, like, is, yeah. Is some, you know, it's, I it's, think there was some calculation that there was at least fifty eight percent of the price of fuel mm-hmm. goes back into the government. Yeah, so so they could do they could do something, but the government's probably reading off the back of COVID and the cost mm-hmm. of furlough and all the rest, and they can say, well. Or can we can we just suck it up, or do we have to suck it up? Or I think as as usual, the motorists are definitely going to be penalised because it you know it really is it's an easy source of of income for the government. Yep. People still have to go to work. People still have to go out. They have to drive. They have to do whatever else. We're going to have to fill our cars. And I, I, yeah. I tell you the biggest problem: you go down to your local BP and you're filling your car at two pound forty a litre or mm-hmm. something like that there, and someone turns up in their Tesla. Parks in a pump space and just sits there, just just being a smug bastard, not even mm-hmm. going in there and just 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 being smug, just That'll sits there for five or ten months and then pisses off. Oh, now in the next two or three weeks. Yeah. So the the amount of EV smugness I am expecting to, to go th- through the roof in line with fuel prices. Yeah, that's worth worst nightmare doing that. Just pumping the pump and some guy sitting there and Tesla smiling at you. Yeah, unbelievable. And he's Russian. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck me. So. 
So yeah, absolute uh, madness. But yeah, Top Gear America gets my uh, <coughs> thumbs up. And where can one watch Top Gear America? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> America. You have to fly to America. You have to, you have to go uh, to the States. Got you nice. Vegas. Preferably. <laughs> you have to download America onto your computer somehow. I think actually, uh, is it a, it's Motor Trend. You can, okay. get, you can get a Motor Trend subscription here, yes. can't you? Yeah. So I think it's Motor Trend. We'll get you on it. That must be where I watched it. Of course, of course, of course, that's course. where it is. I'm, I'm sure if someone was engineering and found an American VPN, they could probably go way to make it work. So, so yeah, uh, get. Uh, I don't know. I, I actually thought it was quite good, but Top Gear um, in in the US, as I say, it's been through four or five different iterations. It's never really stuck, but it was. Uh, I tell you, what, it was a hell of a lot better than some of the Grand Tour. Yeah, output. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the other thing that a uh, couple of other things that have appeared online. Um, and I'll have to try and hook it out while someone else talks. But have you, have you seen the guy in the US who goes about, uh, goes, uh, hey, buddy, nice car. Uh, what do you do? Oh, yes, yes. I've seen him f- uh, flashing up on, on Instagram and all the different stories. I just started watching him the other day a couple of times and it's just just ad- addicted to... Oh, this guy, he goes up to supercars and he asks, like, he wants to know what their, their jobs are, how, mm-hmm. how could they afford such a car, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You could imagine somebody walking up... <laughs> In Belfast, just here, here, going, here, man. What, what do, do you do? UVF <laughs> 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 I'm going to clean your clocks. Yeah. <laughs> You'll ask once over here. Yeah, yeah, totally. But because uh, yeah, most of the time in the US, and that's what I love about the the, the attitude in the states. People are actually ta- don't take it thick like we would. Mm-hmm. People take it as like, oh yeah, someone's interested to know. And then if usually has a follow up question, said, well, what advice do you have for someone young like me to to get a Two hundred and fifty. Get a grand. job, man. Yeah, yeah. Two hundred and fifty grand. Yeah. Um, if if you're female and remotely attractive, OnlyFans seems to be a seems good choice be. for the LinkedIn profile. You know, heard of that site? Yeah. <laughs> so Under- understood that reference. So yeah, so that uh, interesting. The other, so I'll post a link of that in the show Again, notes. The, the, I think that comes down a wee bit to the difference in attitudes. A wee bit. I was listening to the Reload podcast where Connor and that was over in America. Yeah, and they just seemed to kind of like they. they it was like a busman's holiday almost from they went and worked on other people's cars and that. And it was just like a really kind of friendly. Oh, you guys are from Ireland. You work in U- European cars. Come yeah. on, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, exactly. Yeah. So it's just so so friendly and, yeah. and open. Whereas here, if someone turned up and said, "Oh, here, can I help you load your van?" You're like. I'm not going to see half the stuff in the back of my van list. You know, I think it would depend a lot probably in America where they do it too. You know, they're probably doing it in decent areas and things. You know, if if you're like in a a back alley in America and some guy's coming up saying, help you load your van. Oh, yeah, well, that's a different uh, story. You know, that's true. But uh, universal. Yeah, so uh, the. the, uh, that guy was uh, is good. I'll post some videos in in the show notes. The other thing that appeared uh, sitting. The other night in bed watching videos and crap on um, YouTube or whatever else, and then I, I, I was reading reviews and I was suddenly having a moment of doubt. And I was like, "I'm thinking of selling this GT4, and I've just I've just turned the key in it. I've just taxed it for a month, and uh, should I should I be selling it because it is utterly fantastic? It's just incredible. It's the best car I've ever owned. I just I love it so much, and." As if by magic, Carfection suddenly released a video review of the Amira. So uh, Lotus have shipped out a prototype. It's not the final article, but uh, they've let Top Gear drive it. Uh, they've let Henry Catchpole drive it from Carfection. And uh, we were watching it there just before we started recording. And 
I think I have made the right choice. So bring on July. It's really interesting because I said we spoke back when I think it was episode 10 uh, after you gave me the, the run out in the track day in the GT4 and, mm-hmm. and I got out of it and it was just like it's one of those there moments where you get out and it's just one of the best real world cars I've ever been in because it's the right mix of speed of aesthetics of looks of handling of noise yeah it's going to be such a hard car to replace very 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 hard if, if, I, if I have the money which I, I absolutely don't I would just love to keep it yeah you know they're, they're, they are special I said at some stage of Porsche is definitely on the horizon for me so it is yeah. and I think before you know obviously we keep talking about fuel price we talk about everything else but before the real takeover VVs mm-hmm. I think now is, is like the pinnacle of the last of the, the sort of internal combustion engines and that GT4 of yours it just blew me away, so it did. Well, like, I'm such an EV evangelist, yet I don't own one. Mm-hmm. And I came down, down here in the Yaris today, and it was dark, it was lashing, and I've never been something that eggs you on in such terrible conditions. <laughs> absolutely horrendously great fun. But, uh, yeah, so um, I'll post a video to the the uh, Amira videos in the show notes, just to bore you all. So it's either uh, EVs I'm reviewing or... Porsches. Por- I think is it Porsche an age thing? I don't think it's an age I, thing. I mean. As in as in the older you get the more Well you have you've had Porsches in the family for forever, so that's I think that's slightly slightly different. Uh, but it's, I, you, I think what you're asking it actually raises an interesting point. I heard this recently. Uh, a lot of people say, Oh, you know, you see somebody forty five, fifty with a Porsche and it's the midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. But I don't think a midlife crisis exists, and this this theory has been backed up. It's just that you get to a certain point in your life where you maybe have got far enough in your job, you're earning enough that you can actually afford a Porsche, you can afford the time to go out and enjoy it, and mm-hmm. uh, you want to do it before you get to a certain age where you can't. Yeah. So that, to me, is what, what it's about, buying a car at that age. Um, but yeah, Porsches, I think, if you're a car enthusiast, if you can afford to get a Porsche at some point in your life, you should do it. And it doesn't have to be... 11 there's plenty of older Porsches, there's plenty of 996s that are very affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, you can enjoy it in them, but they're all very unique. Uh, yeah, I, I, for me, again, Porsche was always, a 911 was always the iconic car because there was something a bit more affordable about it compared to the Ferraris and things like that there. And from everything people say, the Porsches are just such a, a better driver's car. And I think the GT4 game is the pinnacle of that there, where, where Porsche had maybe seen... They're too far gone with the 911, keeping the engine where it is. And then the GT4, they changed everything in it, and it just... Just worked. It yeah. just worked so well. It's built from the ground up. Yeah. 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 But they're, they're superbly built. They just feel like they go on forever, which you wouldn't have necessarily ever said about um, supercars like Ferrari. You know, so for older, maybe not the newer ones, but certainly older Ferraris. And uh, if you look at, you take a 70s Porsche versus a 70s Ferrari, mm-hmm. what car is going to last better and oh, be more reliable? It's Black and white Ferraris were hideously unreliable. Yeah. The, old ones. the first but, Ferrari I was ever in was 1982 Mondial. Now, it's not the, the pinnacle Ferrari by any means, but even that one it was only four or five years old. Uh, electric windows didn't work. The heater was stuck in hot. Couldn't select reverse. Mm-hmm. The indicator stocks were broken. There were so many issues with it. Old Lotuses were yeah. the same. Terrible, terrible reli- reliability. Yep, but but Porsches of the same era mm-hmm. were built with that much more sturdy. Yep. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and when you look at when you look at an old Porsche, look what Singer are doing with old Porsches. They're, oh. they're falling over themselves to get the old ones and completely rework them. Whereas I saw something again. I'm nearly sure it was on the forum. Um, 
Testarossa, mm-hmm. where they're taking that flat 12 engine that people, some people love them. Other people are saying, but it's an old Ferrari with not a particularly good engine. It sounded great, but mm-hmm. it wasn't particularly... And now they're sticking EVs in them, and, and the Testarossa seems to be a really yeah. popular EV um, transition, so it oh, is. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll see, can I ping you the link of that Have one? Have you seen that latest singer one? Yes. The 930? Oh, because I think all their all their ones to date were based on what was it the nine six four yeah on older platform yeah no it was the nine six four they're all it was a single iteration yeah. of the nine eleven yeah but this latest one the nine thirty it's it's so broad and fat mm-hmm. and wide it's amazing looking yeah no they're they're in, incredible but yes yeah, so but I think there is an age thing mm-hmm. I, I I think when I was in my twenties I didn't I appreciated it of course but yeah it's nice but I'm sort of like old man's car. You yeah, know. well, I didn't win our King's Porsche this week either, so I didn't. So, <laughs> see, they had their 911 Turbo, um, although it's, they've wrapped it. It was a silver car, mm-hmm. and they've wrapped it crayon, which everything. And again, there was a lot of a lot of people talking about they're sick of looking at cars that haven't been painted yet. <laughs> crayon, <laughs> it works with some cars. I actually, I did quite like it, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I didn't win it. Crayon, crayon, crayon's very light dependent. Sometimes I do just love like it. I'm at the, I've mm-hmm. yet to see a car in crayon that I haven't liked. It seems to work. Of most shapes, yeah, with most shapes, you know, or the yellow or red or whatever. Some cars, it's, it's like your E46, others it doesn't. The um, I tell you what, my biggest problem with the Porsche ownership, I've got a wee bit of hate on them. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. just just a wee bit of attitude from people. Where like making them injunctions or just I uh, just just out on the road or you know, someone you, not no? not someone <laughs> I, well could be just just me or you know, COVID like, and you were breathing over them or something <laughs> like, that. like very definitely not letting you out of junctions and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you know something? It, it probably is a wee bit of, of of that about it. Whereas, I think car enthusiasts, the one thing we always love seeing is if you see somebody in a, a nice car, a sporty car, a fancier car, you will tend to let them out in the hope yep. that they'll give it a wee kick, let it a up. wee bit of yeah, just yeah. just push it a wee bit, make a wee bit of noise. Well, and see if I'm out the Yaris in the same situation, the world will stop for the yeah. Yaris to come through. It's unbelievable. Well, I think if, if, as you say, if you're a car enthusiast, you, you appreciate what the car does rather than what you think it costs. Yeah. That's all comes down to, you know, if you're not in the cars, you're looking at a portion of the whole grand car or 200 so grand or whatever. One thing I'm look, looking forward to going back to the Lotus is that different type of enthusiast yes. because it's away from the Porsche. The Porsche thing does have stigma attached to it. And mm-hmm. it, it, is, it is, to be honest, it's probably the worst thing about the car is because people's perceptions of it. Yeah, it's the, it's the middle-aged man who's... yeah. Living his youth again, bastard. Yeah, <laughs> friggin'. So yeah. I am actually looking forward to get it because I loved your last Lotus. It, like it was just, it was a sexy car. The like, it, was just, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was great. Racy. But uh, but yeah, because then other uh, other things. I was just watching the the car faction videos, and I was I was looking at the guys, and I was looking very closely at the gear shift. So the gear shift was never it was never just perfect on the road in the Evora or Mag Siege. It was perfectly fine. You could roll up and down the box, no problem. See if you put the box under pressure on track, you could sometimes struggle to get gears where you'd have to shift short. Mm-hmm. See if you're under a lot of lateral G on a high speed corner, then uh, you could struggle to change gears because of the cable gear shift. And the Porsche doesn't have that problem at all. What just kind get, of box just, is in it? Uh, it is. A, Were they not a Honda box? A Toyota Aris, Aris oh, gear, gearbox with 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 a with a Lotus gear set on it, which is really random. At an Aris diesel. Full so things f- fully designed for grannies to be short shifted <laughs> exactly. Well, shop. sure, the Camry's practically a flipping uh, invalid's car mm-hmm. over in the US, mm-hmm. old, old person's flipping yoke as well, you know. And that's what the engine's based off, and they just slap the supercharger on, and that's a great job. But uh, is the baby seat going to fit in the Lotus better than the Porsche? 
You know times are changing when you're Googling <laughs> Lotus Amira Isofix. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't get a, a conclusive uh, answer to, by the way, so I just have to drive myself the spoilers for. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that's what's been... one of them sharpest yet. ...been <laughs> flying through uh, uh, my mind over the last... Uh, couple of weeks yeah by the way so yes the soul to scene show you might have guessed we don't run to any particular schedule we just sort of appear well didn't help that i had covid and then we decided not to do zoom and all the rest last week but um uh, we're back this week and then i'm recording later on again this week and i just bang them out and then we may have another gap until we have someone else um usually it's just a, it's a whatsapp message are you free next week yeah yeah, let's, something let's let's go for it. So yeah. if you're wondering, like, oh, I wish these guys would knock something there's, out every week. That's never, that's never going to happen. Like the interest ones coming up after the other two guys who we've been chatting about. Yes, take well, you out for a wee drive. Well, we'll 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 uh, we that's it. We're cooking on somewhere. We're, we're trying to get out yeah, with, with 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 Johnny Law. That's what we're try, mm-hmm. trying to do. We're trying to get the in, inside track there on the uh, why we're clocking up so many uh, flipping penalty points. I don't know. Why, why are the why are the roads covered in uh, safety camera vans? I tell you what, uh, the cost of fuel slow people down more than camera vans. He's trying to squeeze every flipping mile out of every That's drop it. of know, juice. People are going to have to be creative now about economy and what they can do. And everyone's going to overflate their tire. Everyone's going to run sixty psi and <laughs> yeah. pressure in their tires. Try and reclaim that seventeen quid a week that you're spending extra in fuel. Say seventeen quid. I I filled up today, and. It was I filled in cross car, and it was 135 quid to fill up my X5. If I had a filled up in Kilkeel, which is you know a half an hour up the road mm. past the the some of my customers, it would have cost me an extra 14 quid in fuel, and that's just the price difference between two petrol stations. That's mad. 150 quid essentially. Yeah, and it's nuts. And I, and I wonder is that just. Because petrol stations sort of price themselves on the local area, don't they? Mm-hmm. So if the BP's on one side of the road and the, the Maxwell's on the other, they're likely going to be. So it's just it's just literally trying to catch up. It's uh, yeah, it's crazy. And said so that that was you know we're talking about seventeen quid a week. That's seventeen quid a fill. Yeah, yeah. And if you're filling twice a week, depending on how much work you're doing, it gets it's uh, it might slow people down. You know, people, I know I certainly will probably think a wee bit more about you know kind of doing unnecessary journeys or unnecessary trips but if you have to go somewhere you have to go you have to go and, yeah, and that really that, that's what it boils down to yeah and it just it just hits your pocket and Talks I imagine about. the vast majority of people they don't do a lot of unnecessary driving during the week you know the although there's a the cars and coffee at the weekend of it. there was yeah. uh, down in Dundalk yep look, and it looks full look incredible yeah. yeah it was amazing I didn't get down to it because obviously um, having family duties and we fellas playing football and stuff like that yeah it just it, it can't happen every week but um, I was watching the Instagram feeds and, and watching photographs that people were uploading. Look, look fantastic. Amazing. And what a standard of cars coming out as well from North and South. Yeah, on, on real. Oh, but something like that, I would gladly spend my money. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm putting this car to enjoy my car because that's why I have it, to, to have the enjoyment miles. And maybe yeah. maybe enjoyment, enjoy the driving of the car more. I think, well, it's cost me a bit to run it here, so I will take every last bit of satisfaction about it rather than just mindlessly... Driving about, thinking about that extra fifty quid, sworn. I know, I know. <laughs> you see, I know. you see it ticking over here. <laughs> you maybe have to treat it like beer or something. And <laughs> night out, and you just you know you know you have your pints, and that's what you're there to enjoy, and that's what the car needs to feel for. Yeah, totally. you just have to put it on it. Totally. Well, look, there's. I'm just as I said, I was starting to look through, and I've 
the event section on, on RMS, I um, spent the day a couple of weeks ago and just really went through and updated as much as I could uh, all the stuff that's coming up. And there's, there's from now until June, July t- time, there is something nearly every weekend. Like uh, Springfest Car and Plane Show, I've never never heard of it, but it uh, looks fantastic. It's in Carrickmore. But there's just absolutely loads of stuff. There's uh, Lock Gall Show and Shine, uh, Ford Fair. There's a classic car show at Stormont as well. So It's exciting to see it happening again. And I think, you know, as, as restrictions are being eased with COVID and, you know, we are getting through it, you know, it's happening. But there's it's just exciting to see that all these car clubs, all mm-hmm. these cars and coffee meets, the dub shed shows, the the rallies, uh, the Bishop's Court's on this weekend as well, there's yep. rallying on there. There's the track days coming up. It it really is it's exciting again and it's it's kinda of getting back into the way that things were. And and that's one thing I think us all as, as enthusiasts, as drivers, as as people in the scene will always make do. You know, no matter what the prices of the, of the petrol and diesel are, yeah. you're still going to make yeah. the effort to go and catch up with your friends and see who's doing what and having a blast up the road. Totally. There's nothing else like it sometimes just to just to have that drive. And it's, not, it's not the first time we've had high uh, fuel prices and, or even a fuel shortage, you know, mm-hmm. when people get through it. And I think over the last two, year, two years, there's been a sense of a, a cabin fever, maybe not literal, but people want to get out and about to their meets and things a lot more now, and there's a, a resurgence there. So it's good to see. Yeah, totally. So I uh, know I'm looking forward to like there's uh, Supercar Sunday, which w- was uh, massive. Was it last year? The yeah, the run up was that. That was brilliant. And uh, the run up's now a two day thing. I think they're they're doing a they run up around the north coast uh, one day, and then on the Sunday they're going down to Bishop's yeah, Court. Bishop's Bishop's Court, Court again. But I I would say something like that will be fabulous just to see the vehicles that are lurking about and earn the money's was, worth of stuff. Was, I was at last year's one, and it was brilliant to see. And again, just. Enthusiasts, you know, and, and that's actually funny. It's funny you talk, Andy, about you know the the older man man in the Porsche. There was older guys in the McLarens and the Ferraris, and they were giving them the beans. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're they're guys who have got to that stage in life where they have a few pounds, they've got a nice car, they're spending it on something they're enjoying, and they were going out and driving it. And it was a, that that last day we were at uh, Track Skills. Yes, there was the guy in the like essentially a brand new four year eight. Yeah. And he was out every single session, absolutely, just, in it, just just loving it. And and I think that those guys traditionally would have been like, I have the car, but I just bought it for myself because I can yeah. go out on a Sunday and you know Sunday drive, uh, typical story. And then COVID hit, and it's like, I don't know, maybe I want to go and do something a bit, maybe mm-hmm. let other people experience the car and see the car and all the rest because. We love seeing other stuff like that. Oh. You know, we don't want people to keep stuff hidden away where yeah. where possible. We're going to get get the dust blown off these things and get out and see what them. I, what I most enjoyed about last year actually was the amount of kids that were at it. You know, when yeah. it sort of takes you back to when you were at age. You know, and I remember like being seven or eight, and you, you go somewhere and you see a, a fire. Or even back then, like a Porsche 911 was a novelty. Although you kind of see them every day in the road now, but it was just such a great thing as a young kid to be interested yeah. in that, and you get so excited to see them. And then you go to these events now and. The kids are there and we're looking at the McLarens and most of the owners, all of them would say, are quite friendly and letting them look inside them and, you know, and, and that's, that's a kid that in 30 or 40 years hopefully will be owning one. That's, that's the, the people you want to turn into us, exactly, yeah. you know, enthusiasts. So, and the whole EV thing is, and the commoditizing of the car and autonomous driving mm-hmm. and all the rest is taking all that enjoyment and excitement out of it. So yeah. we definitely need so, uh, something like that to bring the, uh, the younger generation on board. And, uh, 
the and even Dubshed this year, I didn't realise it's completely open now for all. It's not all for all mix. It's all mix, yeah. yeah as well so which is brilliant i can't wait to actually hear the the interview you do with the guys because i love dubshed it, it's that from guys who have taken what was a, a volkswagen only show to open it up to other makes and marks to what it's grown into it, it's been amazing to see mm-hmm. over the last few years i launched my business officially at, at dubshed a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um it, it's just it's fantastic to see Ross has a guys... t- turtle wax franchise <laughs> <laughs> water down turtle wax um, it's amazing to see what those guys have done and, and how they've how they've been inclusive of, of the whole car scene you know they, they saw that niche is all very well and good but how they have opened it up developed it brought it you know so inclusive and even when you look at uh, last year when um, you know all the drifting and that that was down at it mm-hmm. um, yeah it's great that's unreal. You can have a stand at the next one of Porsche branded baby seats. <laughs> Porsche and Lotus, actually. Porsche and Lotus. Yeah. Toyota. I know. PRD. I know. I'm actually not here for it, and I've got it. Well, look, I think it's time that uh, we took a wee break for buns. So if you're listening, get the kettle on. We're having Slemish laughing buns. Tasty. Which are mm. uh, jam, coconut, and uh, filled with cream. And they are fantastic. Well, and normal service will resume shortly. <laughs> so we're back and fully refreshed after the laughing buns. And we're laughing as well because we're watching uh, It's Daniel Mack on YouTube, which is the, this guy who goes up and goes, Nice car, man! What do you do for a living? That sort of shit. And he gets paid a fortune to... Do it. Yeah, okay. I had a variety of answers. I don't know if I'll tell them the truth. Like if, if if I happen to be rich enough to actually answer, them, but you'd lie a bit, make, make something up. It's uh, interesting, Ross. I have a car cleaning question for you. Fire away. So um, the Aris was getting harder and harder to clean, and uh, took it down to took it back down to Pete, maybe the ceramic coat on it, and he was telling me that. Uh, the coating's clogged, mm-hmm. and it's possibly to do with how I'm cleaning it, or what I'm using it to clean it, or whatever else. But anyway, got it back, and it's, it's meant I haven't washed it since. <laughs> That's, uh, believe it or not, if you don't wash it regularly, uh, if you're not in the habit of washing it all the time, sometimes you're better not doing it rather than doing it incorrectly. Well, just don't wash it at all. Just leave it. <laughs> just bring it back down to feet. <laughs> just bring it back down to feet. Well, I generally do. Uh, I got hit with COVID uh, not long after I was with Pete, so I wasn't in the mood to wash... Uh, Yourself? Anna, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Never mind, I know. Never mind going out and taking my, time to do here, it. Here, my, my coating's clogged enough. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind the hours. But, so so a man who's in the industry. A man who's in the industry. So, uh and I think what we'll need to, we, we did have Pete on before, but we must get him um, back on again. Because one thing he said, he said, look, he runs uh, some events now again, car cleaning events. And he says mm-hmm. it will be well worth it. Because I, like, I don't really derive much satisfaction from cleaning my car at all. Like, I like a clean car, don't get me wrong. Don't like the thought of getting out a toothbrush to clean the inside oh. of alloy wheels. Or Believe me. About six months after changing nappies, you will take every opportunity you can possibly do <laughs> yep. to go out and clean wheels with a toothbrush. Oh, it'll suddenly become a four-hour affair. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, listen, Pete and I had actually talked about a few things, I guess. He, he runs the detailing days. And one of the things that we are really going to concentrate on doing this year is putting out some videos because 
we both share a lot of customers. We both share a lot of references. Um, and the whole kind of car cleaning industry, people can get confused sometimes. That was one of the one of the ways when I launched the business. And, and really, RMS was, was a springboard for me to launch it. And something I've done from the very start is cut out the bullshit because there is so much bullshit involved in this game about, you know, you need... 10 different coatings, you need this, that and the other you don't, the The first thing you need to do is just have a good basic wash technique and if you've got that there down then the rest of the maintenance really follows suit and it really is quite easy to do, whether your car's ceramic coated whether it's polished, whether it's waxed, whether it's got a sealant, all those things are, are called last stage protections but it's really getting the basics right at the start and that's one of the first things that that, that Pete and I really trying to drum into people. He he does handover packs now, where when you have your car finished with him, he will give you a pack which tells you how to do it. Um, they give some recommendations of, of car companies who, who he uses and, and, and detailing suppliers. Whilst I run the business, um, I put out a question on Instagram earlier on about, um, have you any questions for me? Uh, I was doing this podcast tonight, and one of the things we were going to focus on was this year. And... A really interesting question somebody asked me is what's my favourite product or what's my favourite product by another company. I, I actually I recommend uh, a few companies all the time because some people love wax in a car. There's something therapeutic about it. There's something definitely very... And one of the companies I recommend all the time is Built Hamber. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're a really cool company. I kind of try to follow what they do. They're kind of more the technical side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst we all love like the real nice advertising and the brashness of some of the other companies, at the crux of it, I'm still trying to cut out the bullshit. And when you have a product that works really, really well, as Built Hammer's Finis Wax or Double Wax works, mm-hmm. I love recommending them. And anybody who I've ever recommended them to has come back and said to me, wow, that's fantastic. Fair play to you. Thanks very much for that there. Um, and that, that's what it always comes back to but you know doing the very simplest things the, the first thing we say is if you use sponges throw the sponges away we use wash mitts because of a microfiber wash mitt my ones are short pile and long pile and in fairness most companies now are, are following the same suit some people like lambs will uh, wash pads I don't because they end up stinking because they've got like natural leather inside them unless you dry them out properly they get really sweaty and gooey and oozy mm-hmm. and they're just not that nice the mic- uh, sorry the lambswool itself is quite nice to wash with but as with anything if you get a wee bit of grit in it that's it stuck in it forever um, some people use noodle mitts noodle mitts are fine I personally don't like them it's a noodle mitt a noodle mitt is exactly what it sounds like it's, it's just like a, a wash mitt but it's got noodles on it instead of uh, they're, they're soft microfiber noodles um, you can use it with a drop of sauce can you <laughs> you could you try it it probably wouldn't taste <laughs> nice um, but there's different strokes for different folks, but you find what works for you, and and what works for you is just what whatever whatever's the easiest, whatever way you get on with things. But I would say absolutely, you need a good wash mitt. Um, people talk about two wash buckets. That's getting a wee bit geeky for some people. So if you don't, <coughs> excuse me, if you don't want two wash buckets, do what I do. You have the one wash bucket, and you have five or six mitts in it. So you're always using a clean mitt on each panel, and you're you're rinsing them out all the time. A good pre-wash is an absolute essential and that was possibly it's not one of the reasons why your car gets clogged because ceramic coatings do get clogged it's just the nature of the base but they can be quite easy to so declog ho- so hold on I'm a bit slow in the uptake you expect me to have if I don't want two buckets mm-hmm. I'm going to have six fucking mids <laughs> one for each panel well, they, and how like, like see me like see if I had that amount of choice 
yeah. I would end up two mitts would never three mitts would never be used yeah. and I'd be using the same ones over again because yeah. I just want and another thing is a mitt you have to take so like I put my hand I have a mitt I put my hand in it I mm-hmm. sock puppet that baby mm-hmm. so you're talking about in out shake it all about absolutely with the six ladies in the, the six in ladies the bucket. in the bucket if you don't want to do that there do you know something it comes down to the, actually the pre-wash so how, how we said to everybody to do is the very first thing to do is apply your pre-wash product because that's the product that does all the work in the case of a ceramic coat of car um, I would recommend people use CitraClean so it's the product one of the products I do which we designed specifically with the ceramic coat of car enthusiast or the ceramic coat of cars in uh, you know in, the, in our minds is this, to do that. is this like a is it a spray on stuff or yep. is it a foam or what is it it's a spray on product so again is, um, that, is that what they call an APC is it no an APC is an all purpose cleaner so that an APC will be it's used like flash is it yeah, kind of. Do you know something? Yeah, you're not going to get sensible answers out of me because but, but do you know something? There's, there's no such thing as, as a silly question because this is actually the thing that a lot of people get, um, and it's one of the reasons why I think my business is quite successful is because my numbers there all the time. People can contact me directly and ask the silly questions that maybe they're afraid to. Um, you know, I could show you a long list of things on my Instagram and Facebook where people send me messages: "Can I do this, that, and the other?" And that really is part of you know the, the whole idea that Pete and I have about doing these training days just to show people it doesn't have to be complicated, it doesn't have to be hard, it doesn't have to be difficult. If I can teach you, so you who is coming in here to this here completely green, if I say to you, okay, Andy, you take your dirty car in, we're going to spray it down with this first product here, mm-hmm. and this product is going to do all the work for you, really. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what's doing the cleaning. You can then stick a coat of foam on top of it if you've got a foam cannon, and if you don't, that's no problem at all, mm-hmm. because you can rinse it off. The only thing that a foam does is a foam will give... Well, sorry, I, I'm going to bring that back a wee bit. My foam is a pure foam. There's very little cleaning power in the foam because it's not made to. Uh, my pre-wash product is, is the thing that's doing 95% of the work for you. And all that my foam will do is it allow the pre-wash longer dwell time. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, if, if I'm going to clean your car, I could clean your Yaris in probably about 20 minutes tops and it'll be really well cleaned at that there. I so said, we take it in, we spray it down with the pre-wash, hit it a coat of foam... Then we go into the kitchen, then you fill up your shampoo bucket. You come out, that's about five minutes dwell time. We rinse the car off, mm-hmm. you wash it a panel at a time with the shampoo, and you rinse it off, and that's it done. Nothing more complicated. As simple as that. So, we're, so <clears throat> I like, see, I, I'm from the school of, you give it, you throw TFR at it, because <laughs> you've, you've killed a thousand bugs at the front of it. But you're, I don't hear the words TFR in, so, in your language. TFR, um, Again, one of my top selling products is Articulate, which is a non-caustic TFR, traffic film remover. Um, I still prefer, for me, I prefer Articulate over CitraClean because it's got a slightly more of a bite. You know, mm-hmm. I do a lot of miles in my van and I've done side-by-side comparisons with the CitraClean versus the Articulate TFR. Mm-hmm. And I find very little difference between the two of them. Um but, as I said, my van hasn't been ceramic coated, so that's why I preferred to use CitraClean on the likes of it. Or, sorry, Articulate on the likes of that. And then what about the all-purpose cleaner then? When, where does it come in? So where all-purpose cleaners will come in, people will use an all-purpose cleaner for cleaning interiors, you know, like the, the scuttle panels, or sorry, the you know the kick panels and all inside the car, around the pedals, mm-hmm. around the bottom of the dashboard trims, to clean the engine bay down with an all-purpose cleaner because that is what it is. It's generally, they're degreasers because they're made to get off rid of grease, grime, dirt right, and crap okay. like that there. So they are, they are an all-purpose cleaner. But that means they're good at a lot of things, but they don't specialise in anything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, APCs are fine, but the problem with most APCs is that they will have either a very high alkaline base in it or a caustic base in it. And caustics clean really, really well. They're fantastic at what they do, but repeated or ongoing uses of them will have a degradation. Uh, they'll degrade whatever waxes, ceramics, whatever sealants you've got left on the car. So that's why something as strong as an all-purpose cleaner is really, really good at doing lots of tasks, but it shouldn't be used for every task. Okay. So that's not something you should be hitting the car with every... No, not not every wash. Okay. The other important thing is, no matter whose products you use, is follow the instructions. Because we spend a lot of time creating these products, working with, with chemists to make sure that they do what they're supposed to do. And when I sell something that is meant to be used at 40 parts water to one part chemical... Yeah. It's meant to be used that way. If you use it 20 to 1, it's not going to work twice as well. Yeah. What happens then is you, you're leaving more surfactants on the surface, mm-hmm. which take longer to rinse off. If people spray it on and don't rinse it off properly, or if they spray it on and go away for a wee walk and have a think about, you know, I'm going to go and fill this, and they allow the product to dry in, that's the one thing that, that no matter whose product or what product it is, we never want to have a product dry on the surface of the car because that's what can lead to etching marks to to just it, it's creating more work for yourself to, to remove those things off it so I said the most important thing on, on, on any chemicals you use is follow the instructions you know we, we take the time to to write them on the labels for people to make sure they follow them and the other thing as well is it, it, it's more economical you know five litres of, of my TFR of my articulate TFR is costing 20 quid mm-hmm. that's mixing down at 50 parts water to one part chemical that gives you 250 litres of usable product, which is enough to clean it's gonna last you a, while. a fleet of buses. And if you're using that at five to one, it does not work any better. Yeah. And you're just wasting money then. Yeah. So you do have to have uh, trigger sprays and all this. So you're going to have a pile of trigger sprays and you're going to have 500 wash mitts. And Again, gonna... some people go down to those extents, but... Personally, me, you know, I, I've got a large pump sprayer because, again, if you're using a smaller trigger sprayer, your arms are going to be sore. In fairness, I have a big pump sprayer for, yep. the, for the TFR. For the TFR. Job. So use that there. Spray it all over the car. And as we say, a sprayed-on product, so this, this gets a wee bit geeky, but a sprayed-on product will always give you a better, more even coverage than a foamed-on product. This is something people, a lot of people would ask me, you know, why do you foam your car versus why do you, do you spray it down with pre-wash? And if you think about the size of bubbles, so if a sprayed-on product has got thousands and thousands of tiny bubbles mm-hmm. that will cover a flat surface more evenly versus a foamed-on product, which gives you big, large bubbles, mm-hmm. but they don't have the same surface contact. The best of both worlds is if you can spray on a product first and then foam on top of it to allow the sprayed-on product longer dwell time. So you uh, spray it on... When, what, what stage do you rinse the car after? So you... You're putting your TFR on or whatever else, mm-hmm. and then you're putting your directly on top of that. You're putting your your foam, foam on, top, on top of it, and then you're then you're doing a rinse with a pressure washer. Then, yep. So TFR doesn't go on dry. Correct. Well, again, there was Detail and World as a forum full of people who are anal about how they measure things out, and and these guys really, you know, they they, they test products to the nth degree, and. There was a few guys who are very, very clever guys, very good guys. They've done back-to-back comparisons versus spraying onto a dry car versus spraying onto a wet car. And they found very little difference. Okay. I will always spray onto a dry car mm-hmm. unless it's hot outside or unless the panels are hot. Because if you're spraying onto a wet car, it's already going to be diluted down slightly. You know, But mm-hmm. we're not talking about a massive dilution. But no. if you're spraying a, a pre-diluted product onto a wet panel, 
then it's not going to have the same kind of adhesion to it. Mm-hmm. So I will always spray onto a dry car mm-hmm. because it just it, it sticks to it better. Okay. Unless it's hot. Okay. Awesome. So spray, foam, rinse, wash with your bucket. Yep. And mitt. Mitts. Mitts. You gonna, you gonna remember all this? Yes. I have visions of you, quite a funny image in my head of you with about two and a half hours sleep from the baby. <laughs> and you've 18 mitts in a bucket all colour coded and trying to remember <laughs> which did I use for the bonnet. But uh but yeah, it, it it's it, it can be it can be quite daunting, you know, when when we read all these things about you know, there's this many yeah. different products to do X, Y, and Z. But when you really cut the bullshit out, a good pre wash, mm-hmm. a good foam mm-hmm. to allow longer dwell times. And that's actually what's doing the work. Then you power wash it off, and that's going to get most of the dirt and the crap off your car. Mm-hmm. So that when it comes time to have the contact wash, mm-hmm. that you're inflicting as little marring onto it as possible. Sure. What about uh, wheels? My, my wife's car in particular seems to suffer from brake dust, sticking the wheels all the time, and I yeah. usually scrub it off manually. But um, most of the things I've seen out there tend to be quite toxic. Um, and obviously, with wheels, you can have different types. You're going to have just standard painter, you can have polished or whatever. Correct. Um, wheels, um, wheels have turned into something, again, that people overcomplicate. One of my top sound products was the Iron Fallout Remover Purge. Mm-hmm. Because it works so well, it's a pH neutral product. It has a chemical reaction when when it comes in contact with fallout, and the fallout is iron, it's brake dust, it's whatever else. Um, that's where you see all the Instagram videos with you know these wheels spread on it goes mad purple, purple. Yeah, and yeah. then you rinse it off. It's fantastic what it does, and it really is. It's one of the best ways to clean your wheels, but it's also one of the most expensive ways to clean your wheels. Um, and you don't need to do it all the time. And people who who wash your, their their wheels down all the time with a fallout remover. They're just wasting that product. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to say around this time last year, actually, I was working with one of our chartered chemists and we came up with a really good non-acidic wheel cleaner. Mm-hmm. And since I've taken it on, and just to give you a kind of price comparison, so Purge, uh, my fallout remover in a 750ml bottle, is priced around 15 quid. Mm-hmm. Um, cleanse, which is my non-acidic wheel cleaner, five litres of Cleanse, Plus a free trigger spare, seven hundred fifty mil trigger spare, is selling at like eighteen ninety five, so nineteen quid. Mm-hmm. And you're getting cleanse will do ninety five percent of the job that purge will do for a fifth of the price. So why can't I just? Why will the TFR not do the job on the wheels? The TFR will do, uh, and it will do most of the job on the wheels. Um, the problem with the TFR on the wheels is there's a lot more ingrained brake dust, mm-hmm. things like that there, that, that a normal TFR will do. My TFR is non-caustic, so therefore it, it cleans really well, but it's safer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the same cut. My cleanse, my wheel cleaner, is is specific for wheels. That's what it's been designed to do. It hasn't been designed to do... It's, it's not an all-purpose cleaner. Mm-hmm. It's only for the wheels, and what we found it really good was... It, it, again, I saw people coming out with rubber cleaners. You know, this is one of the things people are cleaning the rubber to get tire gel to stick better to it. Mm-hmm. It, it. It absolutely works, but it's introducing yet another product that I don't feel people need. So yeah. I came up with, I worked with Gil, our chemist. We've got a really, really good wheel cleaner that cleans tires and rubber and all really, really well. And that's the only job it has to do. Okay. So we found it to be great. Um, one of the guys in the forum, Wheel Only, he's got the white wheels on his Mazda and he drives the wheels and other things that he mm-hmm. does. Um, my stuff cleans them up every single time, and and like he swears by it now. Do you know? Do you know what? That part of the problem is too. You see some of the threads we have in the car care section, or something mm-hmm. like that, and some people are just so so good. Yeah, and their cars look 
so good. Yeah, there's the science behind it all. And like, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm extremely basic when it comes to car cleaning. I've, I've maybe on a sponge, but still one bucket and a mitt, you know. Uh, but some of it's fascinating. Like, I, I watched a, it's a YouTube video this week about uh, wasn't a barn find, it was like an outdoor Porsche that had been for 14 yep. years. And the guy was detailing it and cleaning it and spraying it all out there. And there's all these black specks in the bonnet. And they started explaining that the paint expands like pores mm-hmm. in the sun. Mm-hmm. And this happens repeatedly day after day over time. And it's bits of uh, dirt and stuff start to kind of sink into the paint and becomes trapped. And then to remove it, it was actually going around steaming the bonnet. They get it open again and then buffing it and taking them out. But it's fascinating. Like, I, I didn't think paint did that. I thought it was it's human skin might do, but not, not metal and paint. Yeah. No, it, it, it's very interesting. So it is. And and those are guys who are working like at kind of the apex of it, and and they're very very good at what sure. they do. Those those kind of videos, everybody loves watching the barn mm-hmm. find videos. That they're addictive, so they are. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guy who watches that ammo ammo NYC. He's he's that was the one. It was a white nine two eight. Yeah, on that he's yeah. he's amazing. And and again, he, he's a guy who was an enthusiast who turned into a detailer. He's now launched his own brand. He's working actually with wheel wheelies. Um, I supply the wheel wheelies, which mm-hmm. I, I still believe are the best wheel brushes yeah. in the country. But he's actually collaborated with them to come up with a wheel wheelie with um, it's like a jet inside it for when they clean the engine bays and that there in some of these oh, cars. Right, cool. So because they don't you don't like getting a lot of water in around engine bays. So he's came up with a thing where you know you can spray a foam cleaner down inside it, mm-hmm. scrub it with this wheel willy and then blast it off again so did you watch the Porsche video yeah like he does it with love he was oh, talking off. to the car at the end of it he oh yeah that's okay baby and all the series <laughs> oh <laughs> my god he's <laughs> you know unbelievable no, look, keep him away from the exhaust look I, I, I do look at the, the threads in RMS and I was like oh, I've never been able I like I like to keep the car clean mm-hmm. but I'm not I'm not into it and then but I'm like I feel like well I have cars that need justice done by keeping them, trying to keep them proper. One thing I have done, actually, is I do have a water filter, and I think it is a brilliant job. A, a lifesaver, especially when dark-coloured color, dark cars in the sunnier weather. Yep, I, for, for spotting w- yeah. where we are, our water's quite tarred. Uh-huh. And uh, so that was another thing. So not only this is the, the road that it takes you down, so you end <laughs> up getting a water filter, and then you're like... Then after a while you're thinking, oh, I don't know if this is as good as it used to be. And then you go and up and buy a flipping tester, and then so mm-hmm. many parts per million of whatever shites in the water. And yep. then you have to, and then you have to only go and buy a block of resin. How much is a block of resin? <laughs> Seventy quid. Flip me, but that's you know I wouldn't have sold you to that cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but that's it is a great job. Yeah, do you know something? You can go down the wormhole, but and there, again, there is something that's really. You know, there is something therapeutic about going out and cleaning your car and having it sitting there and then going out and enjoying it. But when it comes back to the basics, just have a really, just yeah. a simple wash method. Spray it down with something first. Mm-hmm. Hit a coat of foam on top of it and let the first product work. Rinse it off and then wash it with shampoo. And that's yep. you, Bob's your uncle. Uh, and whether, you, whether you, you go down the rabbit hole and do all these things or not, it's always better to be armed with knowledge. Absolutely. And as I said, when, when, you know when we launched the videos, um, we'll drop the link in here. There'll be free links on to, to everybody. And as I said, no matter whose products you're using, yeah. that's fine. Keep, keep using what you're using. Um, I, think, I personally think my products are as good as anybody's in the market. If not, you know, I know I've, I've got 26 years' experience with, with chemistry with that kind of background on it. I know, I know what people do, I know what they don't do, and I know how to cut out the bullshit in the middle and just give products that really work, do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, so there we go. There we go. There's the, there's there's the pitch. Yeah, there, there's the pitch. <laughs> and the 
if you are interested in this, the, the car se- care section or on RMS, the members car section, you know, and the um, there's there's uh, St. Martin started a brilliant thread you have, uh, about uh, you have to take a picture of your car after you've washed mm-hmm. washed it thread, and it's fabulous yeah. as well. There's some some great stuff. Beautiful car. You've always got stands at shows so if people want to. Come up for some advice. Yeah, questions. so so we're obviously doing Dubshed again this year, um, and that's actually one of the nicest things about it. You know, it was funny, like um, even your Treffin show. So we arrived at the Euro Treffin show and we're setting it up. And when you're on a stand, when you're on display shows, you don't get a lot of time to go out and have a walk around. So I, it was actually really cool to have a walk around and see so many people using like my quick detail hybrid and stuff like mm-hmm. that there and painting up their tires. It's something really, really nice, and some of these people who only know me through online. They've never spoke to me, never met yeah. me. So there's something really, really nice about seeing people at shows. And the likes of Dubshed now where people come up to you and ask you questions and they see a couple of cars that we have on display and, and you're able to demonstrate because, again, when you talk about it, you can talk all you want, but a picture paints a thousand words. And when I tell somebody about, you know, you only need a couple of spritzes off a quick detailer on the, you know, on the bonnet, you don't have to flood it with it mm-hmm. and show them how to show them how to do it. So again, we've got a couple of cars at Dubshed this year. We're doing, uh, actually, I'm not even going to say, just come and see us. Um, but it's, it's very old school technology versus new school technology on it. And we're going to be demonstrating the products working. Come and have a word of us. Come and ask me silly questions because there's no such thing as a silly question. Well, here's a silly question. Go for it. Uh, do you not set a bonnet on fire like the Merman used to do <laughs> up at North Corner Market? <laughs> no, not in a Dakar Yellow M3. <laughs> here's, here's one we made earlier. Here's one we done earlier. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that, Ross. That's very uh, useful information there. Maybe see if my wash technique can improve. Maybe need to buy a few more bits. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep, we'll keep you, you can use your RMS discount. Oh. So generous, so generous. Um, thanks for that. I think we will wrap this one up. I'll be meeting the GTI and I guys for the next show eminently. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's no warranty. This was sold to sing. Mm-hmm.